At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Former Felipe, welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and we've got a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment, going to be joined by one of our good friends from the network, Jeff Parles. He does a great job Monday through Friday helping out Gil Alexander on a numbers game, and this is a time of year where you do wind up seeing quite a few vacations here in the sports industry leading up to the college and pro football seasons. And Jeff, he has been a, shall we say, 5 dual player over here of Easton, filling in on a little bit of everything. So you see him all across the network. And in the second segment, we're going to be talking about teams that they wound up either improving themselves or didn't wind up doing at the trade deadline. The outlook of a lot of these divisions, dive into a few games for Monday as well. And then in the final segment, Going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. And if you got one or two ways, we'll fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind the letters EM, they mean does not matter, so as per usual. Please just send these into the timeline and the other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you're at this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Really didn't wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but we had a fun day of baseball on Sunday. Let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. On Sunday Night Baseball, the Dodgers throw a shutout. 4-0. to They wind up taking down the San Diego Padres as Tyler Anderson. Very good start. One walk, two hits allowed over the course of seven innings before Evan Phillips and Craig Kimbrell. They both come in and give you a scoreless setting and Cody Bellinger balled out in this game. A pair of solo home runs one coming off of Yu Darvish, one coming off of Luis Garcia. 
14th and 15th home runs of the season. Darvish gives up two runs over the course of six innings, so not a bad start from him. Garcia gives up two runs over the course of an inning before Tim Hill wins a scoreless inning, but the Padres, who they wound up certainly addressing the offense when it came to the trade deadline, just two hits in this game. Padres, they wound up having a rough go of it in this series against the Dodgers as the Dodgers, they get the sweep. The Mets, they looked very solid in their series against the Atlanta Braves. I believe that they wound up taking all but one of these five games, five to two. The Mets were able to get it done as Jacob deGrom winds up giving up one hit over the course of five and two-thirds innings. Punch shot 12. Now, the one hit was a mistake. He does wind up allowing a home run to Dancy Swanson, his 16th home run season, but Jolie Rodriguez was able to give you two and a third inning scoreless out of the bullpen before Edwin Diaz had the trumpets going. He strikes out the side, scoreless setting there for the New York Metropolitans. Very fun watching Daniel Vogelback run the bases. They go 2 of 10 with Ben in scoring position, but they put up a four spot on Spencer Strider in the third inning. Strider doesn't make it out of the third. Four runs surrendered in two and two-thirds innings. Bullpen from there did their part. If you wound up having the under of seven, you were able to get a push. Thanks to it. Colin McHugh gives up one run over the course of two innings. AJ Minter, Rossio, Iglesias, both give you a scoreless inning. And Dylan Lee, four outs out of the bullpen. You did also wind up seeing the San Francisco Giants go on the road. They get it done against the Oakland A's by a count of six of four. As for San Francisco, Logan Webb gives up just two runs over the course of seven innings. Now, bullpen has been a worry spot for the Giants. If you wind up taking the run line, this very nearly came into play. Dominic Leon gives up two runs in a third of an inning giving up a home run to Seth Brown. 17th home run season. He's had a very good run of saying things. Six home runs in his last 70 at-bats, but John Brebbia gives you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Camilo Duvall in scoreless setting, and it was Yaz who came through for the Giants as Mikey Stromsky gets his 10th and 11th home runs of the season, and you do wind up having Theory Estrada get his 10th home run season as well. Estrada's home run winds up coming off of A.J. Puck, who gives up two runs in an inning. You had Austin Pruitt give up on those bombs to Yastrzemski. He allowed two runs in an inning as Domingo Acevedo, Danny Jimenez, both lined a scoreless inning. Same all. Paravots out of the bullpen, but Adrian Martinez, only four and a third innings, gives up two runs, including one of those bombs as well. And the Yankees, they go one of 14 with men in scoring position. That was relatively brutal. It was a brutal day for the Houston Astros offense as the Guardians. They improved to 56-52. and 52. They get a 1-0 win. All of a sudden out there in the American League Central, Guardians just one game back of the Minnesota Twins. As for Cleveland, Tristan McKenzie, eight scoreless settings, allowing just two hits along the way. Emmanuel Classe, scoreless setting out of the bullpen to be able to get the save. And the lone run in this game, Luke Maley winds up getting his first home run season. That comes off of Christian Javier. Javier, I will say, tough luck loser, gives up a solo run over the course of six innings. Ryan Stanek, Rafael Montero, from there they want to give you two scoreless settings in the Astros. Played right around 63.5% of their games the under, but just two hits for the Astros, so nothing doing out there. Nothing doing for the Brewers, who have now lost five out of their last six games to the Reds and the poopy Pittsburgh Pirates. 4-2, the Reds get it done in 10 innings as Graham Ashcraft, not a load of Ashcraft. One run surrendered over the course of five and two-thirds innings. He did allow a home run to William Dumas, 22nd home run of the season, and Castanera in the ninth inning. He extended it to a 10th inning with his 10th home run season. That comes off of Hunter Strickland. Strickland winds up giving up that run in his inning, but Buck Farmer, Joel Kuno, combined for a scoreless inning. Revier San Martin, he gives you an out of the bullpen, and Alexis Diaz, Ross Setweiler, they both give you a scoreless inning apiece, and for one Cobin Burns, as I use my old English accent for his name, one run surrendered in six innings. That one run, solo home run, as it was the first home run of the season of Michael Papariski. So that was a fun one to say. And then from there, Brewers, they could have used perhaps a dominant closer like, oh, I don't know, Josh Hader as 
Taylor Rogers, who wound up being the piece that they wound up getting for him, gives up a run in an inning. Matt Bush, Brad Boxberger both give you a scoreless inning, but Devin Williams then gives up two runs in the 10th inning. Now, this was not on Devin Williams for Mark Brasso, a bad throwing error, and then you got the man that starts on second, so a little bit of a calamity, but things starting to get on out for the Brewers, especially when you wind up seeing the St. Louis Cardinals put up a 12 spot on the Yankees. 12-9, the final as Frankie Montas gives up Six runs over the course of three innings. This was not great, and they all both came in the first two innings as going deep off of him. Nolan Arenado, 22nd home run season, and Paul DeYoung has all of a sudden been able to find it. He gets his fourth home run season, two hits, four RBI in this one as his home run. That winds up coming off of Scott Efros. That wound up being bad for him as he gives up three runs in an inning. Bullpen was not necessarily too sharp here for the New York Yankees as Lou Trevino, Jonathan Lewisaga, and Albert Abreu. They combined for two total innings, giving up three runs along the way. Juani Peralta was able to end two scoreless innings, and, and the power was there for the Yankees. Yankees do wind up having T.J. Turner and Mayu get a home run in the ninth inning off of Ryan Elsley. 12th home run of the season for Elsley. He winds up giving up that solo home run over the course of one and a third innings, raising his ERA to a 0.79. Pecky Naughton, pair of outside the bullpen, Jordan Nix and Chris Stratton. They combine for three innings with Stratton giving up two runs along the way. And for the Yankees, they go 6 of 18 with men in scoring position. Aaron Judge winds up giving you four RBI, but just in case with Frankie Montas, I believe that he wound up having a death in his family, so you feel bad for him. Just did not wind up having it in this one. This was very nearly one of the worst beats that you were going to find of the season. Fortunately, he stayed under, or else this would have been really bad. The Tampa Bay Rays put up a 7th spot in the ninth inning to win 7-0 against the Detroit Tigers. As for the Tampa Bay Rays, they wind up having everything going on in that inning, as everyone wanted being able to move the line, get an RBI as... Drew Rasmussen lasts just three innings, not giving up anything, but then from there, Jalen Beeks, Pete Fairbanks, Colin Pooch, along with Sean Armstrong, I'll give you a scoreless inning, and Brooks Rayleigh, two scoreless innings, and for the Detroit Tigers, this was a great start from Matt Manning. Seven strikeouts and seven scoreless innings. Alex Lang from there gives you a scoreless inning, and then Gre- Gregory Soto, who's been very good as a closer for this team, gives up five runs and two-thirds of an inning before Jason Foley has to put out the fire, but not before he winds up giving up two runs, and for the Detroit Tigers, three total hits in this one. It's just been a calamity of a season for them. Been a calamity for the Boston Red Sox as well. They get smoked by the Kansas City Royals by a count of 13-5, to giving up a six spot in the eighth inning. For Boston, Cutter Crawford wound up having a fall-off in this game, giving up five runs over the course of five innings with MJ Melendez getting his third home run of the series, his 13th home run season for Melendez. Six! Count him six RBI for a guy that came into the series hitting right around at 220, so that's not great. For Boston, you did have a pair of home runs of their own as starter Brad Keller gives one up to Rafael Devers, 24th home run season. Taylor Clark from there gives one up to Tommy Pham, 12th home run season for Clark. Gives up two runs and two-thirds of an inning for Keller. The home run they gave up, lone run they would give up as it was a solo home run over the course of six innings. Amir Garrett and Scott Barlow combined for four outside the bullpen before Luke Weaver gives up two runs in his inning of work, but for this Boston bullpen, ay, it's not going well. John Driver gives up two runs in a third of an inning. Ryan Brazier was able to lend a scoreless inning, but Darwinson Hernandez has an ERA by 22-24. He gave up five runs and didn't get a single out. His series log in this one. He winds up going a grand total of two innings, giving up nine runs. Boy, he probably shouldn't be seeing the field too much. Matt Barnes gives you a pair of outside the bullpen, and Austin Davis. He was able to end a scoreless inning. The Toronto Blue Jays get it done in 10 innings against the Minnesota Twins. 3-2 to two the final as 
For the Twins, they wound up not being able to hit Kevin Gosman. Six scoreless settings out of him. Anthony Bass, scoreless setting from there. And then Yumi Garcia, he winds up lawing a run in an inning. And Jordan Romano pitches the ninth and the tenth innings, giving up one run along the way in for Toronto. In the tenth inning, it was Kevon Biggio who wound up having a sack fly to be able to score with Mirfield that allowed them to be able to get it done. Surprisingly, a solid start here from Chris Archer, giving up two runs over the course of five innings. More importantly, no walks. Emilio Pagan from there gives you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. It was a three-inning relief appearance and a good one from Cole Sands. He winds up going scoreless in those three innings before Caleb Theobar goes four outs, winds up giving up an unearned run in the 10th with the man starting on second as the Twins, they leave 11 men on base. Their lead in the Central down to one as the White Sox now just two games out of that division chase as well as they wind up being able to take down the Texas Rangers by a count of 8-2 DK Nation pick for Sunday was the over in this game and it hits because Spencer Howard is absolutely terrible. Three and a third innings, he gives up six runs, five of which were earned, including Homer as Andrew Vaughn goes deep for his 11th home run season. For the White Sox, 15 hits in this game. They lead the big leagues in terms of batting average on the road. And for the White Sox, it involved a lot of danger, but Lucas Giolito wiggles out of some very sticky spots, giving up one run over the course of five innings. Jake Diekman, he lost a home run. In his inning of work, going deep for the Rangers, you wound up having a just mammoth shot from Nate Blow, his 16th home run season. Then from there, you do wind up having Jimmy Lambert, Matt Foster, Jose Ruiz, all lend a squirrel setting for the Rangers. Bullpen wasn't too bad in this one. Garrett Richards gives up two runs, one of which was earned in two innings. Brock Burke, Matt Moore both give you a scoreless setting, and Brett Martin, one and two-thirds innings, scoreless, but for the Rangers, they strand 11 men on base in this one. The Seattle Mariners continue the misery of the LA Angels, 6-3 to three the final as the Angels. They started out the year 27-17. and 17. From that mark on, this is an Angels team that has now went 19-46 and 46 for the Angels. They go 2 of 8 with men in scoring position and Tucker Davidson, who they picked up at the deadline. A terrible start, giving up six runs over the course of four innings, including a homer to Jesse Winker, 11th home run season. Good news is the bullpen from there lent four scoreless settings. Jimmy Erget, Jesse Chavez, scoreless setting apiece. Andrew Wants, two scoreless settings, but Monaco Gonzalez, relatively solid start here, gives up three runs over the course of six innings before Ben Murphy, Paul Sewalt, Andres Munoz all lend a scoreless setting. The Aaron's and the Diamondbacks, they take it to the Colorado Rockies by a count of six of four. As for Colorado, Jose Irena gives up a pair of bombs, three runs in total over the course of six innings, going deep for Arizona. Christian Walker gets his 26th home run season and a little bit of a pickup here. Emmanuel Rivera, formerly of the Royals, gets his seventh home run season. From there, Robert Stevenson gives up a run in an inning out of the bullpen. Alex Calme, two runs and two outs out of the bullpen as well. He's now got north of a four ERA before Jake Bird has to give you an out of the bullpen for the Colorado Rockies. They actually did a relatively solid job of being able to get to the bullpen. Zach Davies, five scoreless settings for the Arizona Diamondbacks. From there, Kevin Ginkle, he gives up four runs without getting a single out. But Joe Mantiply, along Chris Davinsky, get mine for three scoreless settings. And Mark Melanson, able to lend a scoreless setting for Arizona to be able to get the job done out there. You did wind up seeing the Philadelphia Phillies just completely pace the Washington Nationals. 13-1 to the final. Corey Abbott, he wound up being able to lead the Nationals to a win in Jacob deGrom's return. He did not wind up having the same magic in this one. Seven runs surrendered in three and two-thirds innings, giving up not one, not two, not three, but four home runs. Reese Hoskins, 24th home run season. Derek Hall goes deep twice. 
7th and 8th home runs of the season, and then you wind up getting home run number 2 of the season for Mr. Nick Mayton. That was not great. Meanwhile, for the Philadelphia Phillies, Aaron Nola gives up one run in 6 innings. Connor Brogdon, Sir Anthony Dominguez, David Robertson, they all landed scoreless setting in for the Washington Nationals. Victor Arano gave up 5 runs, 3 of which were earned in his inning work. Mason Thompson, 1 run surrendered in his inning, and Erasmo Ramirez, 2 in the 3rd innings. He gives up nothing as the Washington Nationals. Well, they didn't get a lot of anything when men were in scoring position going 1 of 9. With that regard, the Baltimore Orioles continue to be in the hunt for the playoffs. This did not wind up helping them, though. 8-1, to one, the Pittsburgh Pirates wind up taking them down as Bryce Wilson. Starting to put it together for the Pittsburgh Pirates. One run surrendered over the course of five innings, and for Wilson, he is now allowed three earned runs or fewer in each out of his last six starts. So kudos to him. Eric Self from there. Squirrel setting, Gertie De Los Santos. A scoreless setting, Colin Holderman, someone who I liked with the Mets. Two scoreless settings. That's actually very good for them. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, Cabrian Ace goes deep. Sixth home run of the season. That comes off of Bowl Solzer. And Solzer, he winds up giving up that home run in two and a third innings. Wanted giving up just one run. Keegan Aiken starting to see a little bit of regression. He gives up three runs in two thirds of an inning before Spencer Watkins, who had been really, really good for the Baltimore Orioles recently. Well, he wound up getting a little bit lit up in this one. He winds up giving up four runs over the course of five and a third innings after. Since he resurfaced from the minor league level, he was posting up an ERA that was hovering right around at 2-2-5. So that was a little bit of a falling back to earth as Brian Baker thereabouts out of the bullpen as well for Baltimore. And then you had the Miami Marlins wind up being able to get four runs in their series against the Chicago Cubs, but they struck for three on Sunday, and that was enough to be able to get it done. Three to zero, the final. Asus Lazardo. Very good start. Only six strikeouts, which for him is relatively low, but seven innings gives up one. It looked very good. Anthony Bender, Tanner Scott, they both give you a scoreless setting, and you wind up getting a little bit of power from the Miami Marlins. Jacob Stallings, third home run season, and then home run number one of the season for Peyton Burdick. Yep, that is a name that I didn't think I would say on this podcast, as Samson gives up both of those home runs, three runs in total over the course of six innings. Kervin Castro, Sean Newcomb, Anthony Espinosa. from there. They're all able to land a squirrel of setting in. It's been very interesting as to what we've all been getting in Major League Baseball this season, but if you take a look at the last three days, underdogs, they're having a little bit of a tough time of it. Favorites, 222 and 146 straight up, but many of these underdogs have cash. They have been, shall we say, larger underdogs, and overs and unders, about as equal as it gets. 178 unders to 176 overs in the last three days. One thing that we're really noticing, home favorites having a tough time being able to cover the run line. They've won 144 times over the last three days straight up, but have failed to cover the run line in 41 of those wins, so always do take note of that and overall for the season. Home favorites, 614 and 414 straight up, which is a good mark, but among these 614 straight up wins, they have failed to cover the run line now 192 times. Unders overall for the season, hitting at 51.5%, 791 unders to 746 overs. So that's what we're seeing overall in baseball, and that's what we wound up getting on Sunday. Now, let's take a look at the landscape of Major League Baseball. Take a look at a few games for Monday as well with our good friend Jeff Parles of Beeson. That's up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, 
Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, 
but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that. See that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the VEASAN family of podcasts and a part of the VEASAN family of podcasts is our good friend, Jeff Parles. He does amazing work Monday through Friday, helping out Gil Alexander on a numbers game, but you've been seeing him in a wide variety of different roles, as I know that he was preluding myself on Sunday doing betting across America. I know that he's been filling in on a wide variety of shows last few days. Guy does an amazing job, and you're able to follow him on Twitter 
at his name. Jeff Parles, always spelled with a J, not a G-E on Jeff. And it is always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be on with you, Greg. And what else is very pleasurable is taking a look at the game of baseball right now because we've got some very good teams that are out there right now. And when it comes to teams that they want to making moves at the deadline, were there any in particular that wanted standing out to you? Obviously, the San Diego Padres, they were the biggest team in there. But was there really anything that really wanted striking a chord with you, either to the positive or to the negative as to what we wound up seeing over the last week or so? And it made its immediate impact in the first week. In the non-Juan Soto division of trades, the best trade at the deadline so far, and I think it will play out as this season goes along, was Houston trading for Trey Mancini. Where the Astros, it's kind of crazy, Greg. The Astros are incredible, obviously. But it's kind of weird to say that other than Jordan Alvarez and Altuve, their lineup is kind of underachieved this year. I know that's bizarre to say, but getting Mancini into that lineup in that ballpark with how you have a porch that is the left field to hit homers for a guy who is a really good player. We've known this for a while and a class A human being to boot. The Astros get another bopper to go along with, uh, again, Altuve and Alvarez, who have both obviously been awesome, and to go along with a pitching staff that has just been so outrageously good. Number two in run prevention in baseball, number one in the AL. Mancini gives them an extra boost. On the other side, I hated what the Yankees did other than the trade for Montas. Obviously, Montas got destroyed by St. Louis, but needed to really shore up some more holes. Even though they may trade for some bullpen guys, Trevino's okay. Efros, I don't trust in any big spot at this point in his career. They needed more help at the rotation. And sending Jordan Montgomery out for Harrison Bader was bizarre because Bader, we know, can't hit, Greg. We know he's a great defensive center fielder, but he can't hit. Oh, and by the way, a dude made off his speed as plantar fasciitis. We don't even know if he's going to come back. It was a very weird, perplexing move by the Yankees, especially to ship out a starting pitcher when, quite frankly, they really need starting pitching still. So a weird trade deadline for the Yankees, for the for the teams that are realistically competing. They were disappointing to me. The other one that was a little weird was Milwaukee. You know it, Greg. Yeah. A trade hater really is a 2023 salary dump when you're leading the division. By the way, all that happened after you did that is you lose five out of six to the teams in the Central, swept by the Pirates, who have been playing terrible baseball other than that series over the last 10 days, and they lose two out of three at home to Cincinnati. Very weird trade deadline for Milwaukee, whose lineup still is mediocre, and you trade your best reliever. I know he had a weird month where he wasn't great, but Hayter's still their best guy, even better than Williams, and obviously now he's a Padre, and the Brewers are now two games behind St. Louis. And, Greg, there is no reason to think whatsoever that the Cardinals are not going to win that division relatively comfortably when this is all said and done now. Oh, I completely agree with you. I think that this is the Cardinals' division to lose. I do think that they are going to be able to get it done. As joining me on the podcast, we do have Jeff Parles. And I take a look at the National League picture, and I do think that it's a little bit more open than in the American League because I take a look at the American League, even with what we want playing out with the Yankees, I still think when it's all said and done, it's going to be them and the Astros competing for the World Series. So I'm giving the Astros a little bit more kudos as of right now and the Yankees with this five-game losing streak 
may have fallen back a little bit to me, but I take a look at the National League. Certainly the Dodgers, they're the number one team right now, but the Mets looked incredibly impressive in their series against the Atlanta Braves. Certainly we'd be foolish to wind up bearing the Atlanta Braves. And then with the St. Louis Cardinals, the fact that they were the beneficiaries of Jordan Montgomery, and I totally agree with you, that trade, it made no sense to me whatsoever. He threw five scoreless against the Yankees to show his displeasure to him being traded, but what you're able to get out of them on top of the Padres, and I feel like things are very open out there in the National League. Obviously, the Dodgers, they deserve to be the favorite at this point, but you've seen the Dodgers come up snake eyes in the postseason many, many times, and I think that this could be one of these years in which we could see one of like five different teams wind up being able to go to the World Series from that National League. Yeah, no, I will say this. Let's think of this. I'm going to put the Phillies in the playoffs over the Brewers as the as the sixth okay. team. If it is the Dodgers one, Mets two, Cardinals three, Braves four, Padres five, Phillies six in that order, which I still think even with the Padres' recent struggles and the Phillies technically in the five hole as we speak right now, that will likely be the finishing order when this is all said and done. If that is the draw, the Dodgers, in order to make the World Series, would have to beat either Atlanta or San Diego. I think it would be Atlanta. I think the Braves would handle the Padres in a three-game series with all the games in Truies Park. Dodgers have had problems with the Braves, obviously, the last two postseasons. They were very fortunate to beat them in 2020, down 3-1 in the NLCS, come back and win that. And then last year, of course, the Braves beat them in the NLCS and route to a title. So I don't think it's a shoe in if the Braves draw the Dodgers, even though I think the Braves are a little bit worse than their record shows, and I think their record is ballooned because of that amazing June they had against crappy competition, wouldn't shock me if the Braves KO the Dodgers. So that leaves me to the other side of the bracket, which lines up the Mets as the two with the Cardinals and the Phillies. If it was the Phillies, the Mets would brilliantly with the Phillies like they have all regular season long, they'd win that series. The Cardinals would be an interesting one because, Greg, it doesn't matter what the Cardinals are. It doesn't matter that I think the Mets are better than St. Louis. It's still the Cardinals in the postseason, especially in the playoffs, where it's Wainwright Molina's and Pujols' final ride with two MVP candidates on the roster. So that series could get weird. But assuming the Mets get by whoever wins that 3-6, I think the Mets can beat anyone. And that's the team that I'm betting now, Greg. And look, full disclosure, I am a Mets fan. But Roman Scherzer back-to-back playoff series, a best-of-five, you're seeing those guys for three, maybe four, depending on the scheduling in that series. And then you're seeing them in a seven-game series, four, maybe five times between the two of them. I would be betting the Mets. And I know the value is a little bit depressed right now, off of that four out of five against Atlanta. Right now, I would, I would put the Mets in the World Series out of the National League. I really would. And that is even with saying that the Dodgers may legitimately end up winning 114 games when this is all said and done. And with the Mets as well, the number three guy at this point, I mean, do you wind up having Chris Bassett in there? You've got so many talented arms. Simon Walker, Ron King, lit up in his last start, but past that, he's been solid. My namesake, David Peterson, wound up landing a good start on Saturday. So you're just able to go down the list of guys that you're able to trust in for the Mets, and with Josh Hader's struggles, I would say that Edwin Diaz has been the most dominant closer in the big leagues this season, so I don't necessarily disagree with you there, as Jeff Parles of Eason is joining me right here on the podcast, and I do take a look at what you're going to be able to get out of this National League East moving forward, and I do think that it is interesting to take a look at the Mets, because with the Mets, they didn't wind up making a lot of trade deadline moves. Really, the biggest move that they made was about a week before. They wind up picking up Daniel Vogelback 
They wanted getting Michael Gibbons as well, but Michael Gibbons has been not good for the Mets ever since he wound up getting acquired. But even though the Mets wound up standing pat, I just feel like the biggest acquisition that they wanted getting was Jacob DeGrom coming off the injured list. I recognize they wanted giving up two runs on Sunday, but those were on one in. And I think that as long as you've got DeGrom and Scherzer as your one, two, this Mets team, they can be able to win a World Series having those two guys along with the other pitching that they have behind them. I think the big concern, the one thing that the Mets didn't do at the deadline that I didn't like, they needed to get either a guy like David Robertson, who Philadelphia got, which was the Phillies' best acquisition by a wide margin. I know everyone made a big deal about Thor. Syndergaard's just not who he was anymore. But David Robertson, very good veteran, reliable in big games. That was a very good pickup by Philly. That's a guy I would have liked to see the Mets get to be the bridge to Edwin Diaz because Lugo and Adovino, even though Adovino has pitched pretty well over the last two months, still a little bit unreliable for me. And a left-handed reliever would have really helped, even though, Greg, I want Joelle Rodriguez getting seven outs out of the bullpen <laughs> as the individual bridge from DeGrom to Diaz. One of the more surprising things we've seen, even though Joelle uh, pitching a little bit better recently. But look, you mentioned Vogelback. They got Tyler Naquin from Cincinnati. They got Darren Ruff from the Giants. And the biggest thing offensively, yeah, a lot of people point the catcher for the Mets as a big problem, but Nito and McCann are really good defensively. And they both call really good games back there. So I didn't think getting a catcher was that big of a deal like some made it out to me. But what was a big deal was improving the DH spot. Because Dom Smith and J.D. Davis have both been massive underachievers this year. Davis obviously off to a good start in San Francisco. Smith is still hurt. But Vogelback has been great. It's been a revelation since coming to New York. Hitting close to 400 since they picked them up. Ruff can really eat up left-handed pitching. And they quit two homers in the first game of the five-game series on Thursday night. So the Mets kind of did what Atlanta did last year. Small moves that don't upset the apple cart, but they're important moves to improve your roster and give your roster more depth and give yourselves better chance of being able to make a deep run because you have extra depth. That was what ended up being really good about the Mets' deadline. Look, people missed it because they didn't go out and make a big splash. But sometimes a few small moves that just help your team improve just enough. And I think the Mets, in the end, other than the reliever, are going to end up proving to be a pretty good trade deadline, especially if Vogelback continues to produce like he has. Yep, and Daniel Vogelback giving us all something that we can have a good hearty chuckle about running from first to home. And- he was motoring, Greg. Dude was motoring. <laughs> that was absolutely tremendous to watch. Just like we always love fat man touchdowns when it comes to the NFL, we love Daniel Vogelback running from first to home. That was some great entertainment right there. As you had to be on the podcast, we do have Jeff Parles. And then what I think is interesting as well, because we've talked about so much of what we wanted seeing at the trade deadline. On Monday, we're seeing a guy that I felt really should have been moved, and he did not wind up getting moved. That would be Cole Irvin going up against the LA Angels. And for the Angels, it's Jose Suarez. The Oakland A's are a very slight favorite. I'm not sure about you, but I think that the rest of the baseball season, until we wind up hitting the postseason, it's all about finding some of these bad teams that you can back. And the A's are 9-7 and seven ever since the All-Star break, and then the teams that they just wind up going into tank mode, like the Angels, ever since the end of the month of May, because they started out the year 27-17. and 17. They are, I believe, off the top of my head, something like 19 and 46 in their last 65 games. It's been deplorably bad. And I think that that's going to be so important because we're already seeing 
north of $2 lines popping up for some of the games that we're going to be seeing on Monday. And it is going to be getting wildly expensive to back some of these favorites. And I do think that it is very important to find some of these teams that they are not going to be making the postseason, but you're able to get a good honest effort out of them. Like the Oakland A's, meanwhile, fading teams like, oh, I don't know, anyone that has Patrick Corbin pitching for them. Well, you're telling me Patrick Corbin hasn't been good, Greg? Uh, he's had two starts in his last three, in which he got two outs and gave up six runs. I literally think an out-of-space Martian could have done better. Wow. I think Marvin would have something to say about that, though, uh, based <laughs> off his basketball ref abilities from Space Jam. But yeah. I'll say this as we get down to the dog days, because the game you just mentioned, of course, is the crappiest of the crappy. You also have Pittsburgh and Arizona. You also have, actually, Monday slate, actually, most, well, Washington and Chicago. There we go. See, that game is so bad, I almost didn't even notice it was on the slate. So, you are right. There are going to be opportunities to try to find these bad teams when you have crap bowls like this and trying to figure out, all right, who's going to give me the better effort? The A's are horrible, but they at least play hard. The Angels have given up other than basically Otani this year. The whole organization is a disaster. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Nothing on the Monday card really stands out on that. I don't feel like spending my Monday night sweating at Oakland A bet, but I do understand why you would go out there and do that. Well, Pittsburgh's going to be a big dog because everyone loves betting on Zach Gallon. You really want to bet on Tyler Beatty, who I didn't even realize was still pitching? That's news to me. Like, again, you don't want to bet on Annabelle Sanchez. I mean, come on. No. What are we doing here? Keegan Thompson actually has been passable for Chicago this year. So, uh, yeah, it's just one of those where – Pick your spots. Don't force the action. But if you got a spot that you really like on these crummy teams when they're playing another crummy team, especially if the price is a little bit higher than you like, go ahead. And there are a few decent games that are going to be coming out for Monday. Giants versus Padres. The Giants, yeah, boy, it's went downhill for them. But you also do have a San Diego Padres team, in which it's been interesting to watch them ever since they've gotten all their acquisitions. Blake Snell has been able to pitch so much better over the last month for the Padres. So that's one. Obviously, you've got Yankees and the Mariners. But what I think is interesting as well, gauging the Baltimore Orioles, a team that they wind up selling off a few pieces. You mentioned Trey Boomer Mancini, him going to Houston. If the season were to end today, Baltimore is right there in the playoff hunt. I believe that they're now a game and a half or so out of the last wildcard spot in the American League. They get Toronto. With Toronto having Yusei Kikuchi go to the bump against Jordan Lyles, I think this Orioles team is so interesting because even though they did wind up trading away a few pieces, a lot of that core is still there. And when I take a look at Baltimore, I think that this team is very live for being able to make a push into the postseason. When it's all said and done, I think that they wind up falling just a little bit short. But, I mean, this is an Orioles team that I can see at the end of the year sitting there with 87 to 88 wins. How about that, Greg? Only going over your win total by more than 35 when it's all said and done, basically. No, not 35, but you know what I mean. Still, North of 20. It could be in the 30s for sure. I do love Baltimore's schedule just looking at it. They've random one-offs with, with – in Fenway and then with the Cubs, thanks to rainouts that happened earlier in the year instead of them making that series at the end of the year with Boston, a five-gamer. But if the Orioles are going to have to hang, are gonna be able to hang in, this is a humongous series against Toronto where the big issue that they have is that they draw Manoa in the middle game. Manoa's been, obviously, as we know this year. But they're going to have opportunities against two guys who have been massive underachievers this year. You mentioned Kikuchi, who has really just been a disaster. And then Berrios, who, boy, we think Berrios will figure it out, but maybe he won't he, this year. The thing yeah. with Berrios is you can trust him at home. There's no faith whatsoever you could have in him on the road. It's been that way since he's been in Minnesota. Good at home, 
terrible on the road. Amazing, because at least with Target Field when he's pitching for the Twins, that's a real pitcher's park. Roger Center ain't a pitcher's park. No. So so it's interesting with that. But look, at the Orioles are going to have an opportunity here. They're two games behind Seattle and Tampa right now, Greg. And they are four behind Toronto entering this series. So, look, I mean, crazier things have happened. It's baseball, for goodness sake. So the Orioles, again, I, I really would love to see the Orioles make the playoffs. That would be amazing. And it also would be kind of funny if we did end up with the four AL East teams and the one that ended up being left out was the Red Sox. It would be kind of funny if that ended up having the Red Sox, who really, let's just face it, Greg, the Red Sox embarrassed themselves in Kansas City these last four days. Absolute embarrassment to give up that many runs to a team that cannot hit and a team that sucks in Kansas City. And they're done. I mean, they're five games out and have four teams to hop now to get into a playoff scenario. The Red Sox are El Tosto at this point. So good for Baltimore staying in this thing, but it really would be an amazing, incredible feat if Baltimore can pull it off. I think you're right, though, with how you began this. I think they're just going to come up just shy, end up being team number seven in the American League. And I think those three teams that are currently in your wild card, Tampa, Toronto, Seattle, in some order, spit it out any way you want. That's your fourth through six in the American League. And speaking of the Red Sox, don't get me started on the fact that they had a tie game in the bottom of the seventh inning in game number one of that series against the Royals. All their trustworthy bullpen pieces were rested, and they throw out their Darwinson Hernandez. I mean, good grief. What are we doing here? Darwinson Hernandez in a high-leverage shot for the Boston Red Sox. And, oh, go figure. And wound up blowing up from there. Who could have ever thunk that possible? But one thing that I know is possible is always getting great content out of you, Jeff. You do an amazing job over there at VSIN. You do Monday through Friday a numbers game with Gil Alexander. But on top of that, you're pretty much our super utility man on the weekend. We see you on shows such as Point Spread Saturday and Sunday. You wind up doing some great work when it comes to betting across America. The list goes on and on. I've seen you on the run line a few times, our specialty baseball show. So love to give people at them. You know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Greg, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what our schedules are going to look like uh, once football season comes. We'll, we'll know that soon. I know I'll be all over the place. Rest of the month of August, at Jeff Parles, where you find me on the tweets. And then, look, I mean, it, I, on a weekend at this point, Greg, I think if you pop on VEASAN, there's a, a, a good chance you're either going to see Michael Lombardi, Patrick Maher, you, that's right, on a weekend show. So uh, they basically, Joe, go, go check us out over the weekends. That's when you'll see me on a desk. Yep, and Jeff does an amazing job with all of his work, and you just find Jeff all over the place. He does great work when it comes to taking a look at baseball, but on top of that, he's doing an amazing job getting set for this upcoming football season as well. Always great to get Jeff on the podcast. Big thanks to him, and now it is that time the podcast coming up next to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get our good friend Jeff Parles on. He does a great job Monday through Friday on a numbers game. You're able to hear him on the weekends as well, doing very many shows. Like this last Sunday, he preluded myself on betting across America. I know he's done some work with Point Spread Saturday, Point Spread Sunday. list goes on and on. Always does incredible work whenever he joins me. So a big thanks to Jeff for joining me in the last segment. 
Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do you note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation or this is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. A little bit of a shorter slate today. Only seven games, but it is going to be a fun slate as we begin with the biggest money line on the board. 951-952 on the board. It is the New York Mets. They play also Cincinnati Reds. They are on to Cincinnati, and Justin Dunn is going to look to get her done. For the Reds and Chris Bassett as Yoke line and sinker for the Mets. The Mets anywhere between minus 270 and minus 280 favorites. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Reds, it's anywhere between plus 235 and plus 250. I'll just give you the run line as well. Minus 140 is where you're finding the Mets. Plus 120 if you're looking at a run and F with the Reds and an F is the total. The over is minus 120 and the under is even. And I mean, it's really hard to disagree with making the Mets this big of a favorite. I do recognize that we have seen ups and downs all season long with regards to Chris Bassett, but he's really been able to rate it in. Still a guy that is doing a solid job of not giving up a lot of walks. And you take a look at Justin Dunn, and this is someone that is not in good recent form, which is why I did wind up making the New York Metropolitans minus 276 on my money line, and I want to make him minus 153 on the run line because... We're done. This is going to be his first start at the MLB level this season. Wound up being banged up. They need to give him more rehab starts than expected because he was just terrible at AAA for Louisville. 692 ERA in the independent league. That is not a juice ball league. Giving up five and a half walks per nine innings, 1.4 home runs per nine. Now, I will say that back while he was with Seattle, he did wind up having a few seasons in which he wasn't bad. The 2020 season, 4 1 record. 434 ERA has always had an issue with the walk. So throughout his MLB career, he has six walks per nine innings. And now he has to go up against a New York Mets lineup that is coming off of a big win that they wanted getting against the Atlanta Braves on Sunday. And when it comes down to it, it is a Mets team that you still have Pete Alonso, who's in the top three in terms of RBI in the league. He's been able to supply 28-plus home runs. Sterling Marte of the Marte Parte, who's been able to hit nearly a 300. Brandon Nimmo's been able to do a good job moving the line. Francisco Lindor has gotten back to being the Francisco Lindor of old. Now, if you do take a look at the flip side, this is a red team. I still think that they're going to be able to do a solid job getting some offense going. They're coming off of a series win against the Milwaukee Brewers, and you still have Joey Votto, who you know that he's coming out with her some pride. He was able to go deep in that series against the Milwaukee Brewers for the Red Legs as well. Jonathan India has been able to 300 over the last three days, but Mike Moustakis, Adeside Sakino, Jake Fraley, you're able to throw in there many of the catchers not named. Tyler Stevenson, these guys have been hitting right around a 215 or lower. Nick Sinzel has been relatively solid, but for the Reds, they also did wind up having to burn up a little bit more of their bullpen yesterday because they wound up having an extra inning game against the Brewers. So Alexis Diaz wound up having to throw 25 pitches in them from there. Got guys like Buck Farmer, Hunter Strickland, Dori Moretta, Revier, San Martin, all with north of five ERAs. And for the best, Edwin Diaz has been lights out, wound up closing things out yesterday. But on top of that, they did wind up having some reinforcements coming to help out this bullpen. Michael Givens hasn't been able to find it yet for the team, but Adam Adovino has been solid. Adonis Medina has been someone that's been able to lend multiple innings as well. And then you do take a look at Chris Bassett. 361 ERA overall for the season, 306 
ERA at home compared to a road ERA that's more around a 424, giving up six home runs over the course of 64 and two-thirds innings at home. Opponents overall hitting a 228 off of him. He's been able to do a nice job with giving out right around two and a half walks per nine innings. I think that Bassett is going to be able to give a good start. And for Justin Dunn, I just fear that the command is going to knock him out of this game really early. And then you're relying upon a terrible Cincinnati Reds bullpen. They wind up saying my total at an 8.6. I'm looking over with the Mets. Willing to lay the run line. I'm willing to lay up to minus 153 with this run line. 953-954 on the betting board. The Washington Nationals, they are on the road facing off against the Chicago Cubs as Keegan Thompson is going to be going for the Cubs. And Anibal Sanchez is going to be on the bump for Washington. Your total is 7.5. This is coming out a little bit earlier than expected, but over and under both at minus 110. With the Cubbies, you're going to be getting them between minus 168 and minus 180. Meanwhile, and between plus 155 and plus 160 going to be your price on Washington. Now, the reason for the low total is that the wind is going to be blowing in, and it's going to be blowing in at north of 10 miles per hour. When it comes first pitch time for this one, it's going to be a 7.05 local time first pitch. So, wind is going to be out. Obviously, it's not going to be as warm as it would be during the daytime. And for Keegan Thompson, he has been able to do his best pitching at home thus far this season. 250 home area compared to a 5.09 on the road. Command can sometimes be a little bit of an issue for him. Three walks per nine innings, but giving up less than a home run per nine. He has been able to do a pretty rock solid job at Wrigley all season long. Meanwhile, Anibal Sanchez just should not be getting starts. The Washington Nationals should just say, you know what, Anibal Sanchez, you're 38 years old. We need to look to see what we wind up having in terms of our younger guys as he has given up at least three runs at all four of his starts. Now he has faced some good competition going up against Braves, Cardinals, Mets, and Arizona Diamondbacks in those four starts, but does that excuse a 765 ERA? His swing and miss stuff, it is not as prevalent as it was in the early part of his career. He's giving up over four walks per nine innings, and he's backed up by a bullpen that got completely gassed over the weekend because Patrick Corbin gave a start at which he wanted getting two outs in. Corey Abbott couldn't make it out of the fourth inning yesterday, so you got a lot of spent arms in this bullpen. Kyle Finnegan, Steve Ciszek, these are veterans that have been able to actually find it a little bit more. Over the last 45 days, Washington Nationals bullpen has been a little bit more respectable. Those numbers wanted going up with their series against the Philadelphia Phillies. So, and you do take a look at this Nationals team. They wind up selling off their top two home run hitters in Josh Bell along with Juan Soto. The guys are out there on the field. They're going to give you a respectable effort. Eliermo Vargas, Cesar Hernandez, Lane Thomas, Luke Voigt. These guys are in between about a 235 to a 250, but Voigt with his 14 home runs right now leading the way for the team. Nelson Cruz just has had no power whatsoever. He's very long in the tooth. And then flip side for the Chicago Cubs, you do have a pair of guys that will be able to go yard. Patrick Wisdom, who's on pace for 200 strikeouts, but also doing a good job giving the team 20 yard balls thus far this season. And then Wilson Contreras, he's been able to go yard 16 times. And with Wilson Contreras, yeah, many others have been able to do a good job of just being able to move the line as he, Ian App, Throwing their P.J. Higgins as well, the other catcher for this team, all hitting north of a 355 in terms of their on-base. Nico Horner is be able to about a 295. Christopher Morrell, he's got right around 330 on-base. He's been able to hit about a 260 along David Bodie. So you've got solid players there. With the Cubs, they did wind up selling off a few pieces at the trade deadline, but Anderson Espinosa has been solid in this bullpen. You've got Eric Yeoman, who's been looked to for more innings. It's been a little bit touch and go with him. And Rowan Wick wound up having a good start to the season. The middle part has not been so great, but now about a 280 ERA over the last three days. So he's starting to regain his form as well. Certainly better than I think that you're going to get out of the Washington Nationals. I do think that this is going to be a start with Keegan Thompson. 
just going to mow down very much an understaffed lineup right now of the Washington Nationals as a result. I said my job at some point, too, and the Nationals, well, they're winning about 33% of their games right now. I want to making the Cubs right around a $2 favorite. If you're looking at the run line, find that at a plus 120. I was willing to lay a small number on this, so going to take the plus price with the Cubs to be able to win by multiple runs and get to Anibal Sanchez to go along with this total under. 955-956 on the betting board. The Pittsburgh Pirates on the road facing off against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Zach Gallen is going to be going for the D-backs, and Tyler Beatty is going to be going for Pittsburgh. Right now, the only place I'm seeing a number on this game is DraftKings. DraftKings has the Pirates at plus 190, minus 225 on Arizona with a total of 8, over his minus 115. The under is minus 105. If we've got these numbers, I'd need at least a plus 190 to take a shot on Tyler Beatty and company, but I'd be willing to take the Pittsburgh Pirates now. With the Pirates, no question, this is not the world's greatest lineup, but you do have Brian Reynolds out there. He's been able to do a nice job this season. 16 home runs, hitting right around 260 for this bunch. Kevin Newman, ever since he's come off the injured list, he's done a good job moving the line, being able to hit about a 270 or so for this bunch, closer to 275 now. The bottom of the fold has been rough for this team, as you've got Onyo Cruz, Diego Casillo, Cal Mitchell, Gregory Allen, when he's been out there because he's been injured, Jack Swazinski, Josh Van Meter, Yoshi Satsugo, all these guys hanging at 215 or lower, but still, you've been able to get some solid at-bats as well out of someone like a Cabrian Ace. He and Ben Gamble both giving you between a 320 to a 340 on base. You don't have necessarily have a lot of power with regards to this lineup, but Reynolds has been able to provide that. Michael Chavis, a double-digit amount of homers as well, and for the years in the Diamondbacks, they average a little bit less than a home run per game at all. Meanwhile, on the road, it winds up going up to more like a 1.4, and his team ranks in the bottom five of the big leagues in terms of batting average as well. Dalton Varsho has been able to catch a little bit of fire at a nice weekend series against Colorado. He's been able to about a 245. He's got 16 bombs. Christian Walker, 26 home runs, but Christian Walker along Gerardo Pordomo, Jordan Luplo, when he's been out there, he's been a little bit banged up, along with Seth Beer and Jose Herrera. These guys are in a 215 or lower now. you got guys that are able to do a good job of being able to move the line as you got Alec Thomas, Jake McCarthy, Quitao Marte of the Marte Parte. These guys are in between about a 250 to a 260. Emmanuel Rivero came over from the Kansas City Royals as well. He has been solid. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they did wind up having to go through a little bit of their bullpen in that series against the Colorado Rockies. Kyle Nelson has been very solid with a sub-2 ERA. Joe Mantiply has been able to give you some very good innings as well. But Mantiply wound up getting used up yesterday. So that's a little bit of an issue for this bunch. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, last time they threw Tyler Beattie out there, the team actually wound up getting a win. It was no thanks to Tyler Beattie. He got four outs and gave up four runs against the Milwaukee Brewers. And this is a Pirates team that they've got a bonafide bullpen in terms of ERA. But you do have guys that are able to lend length if it is a blow-up start for Beattie as Chase Young is able to give you multiple innings along with Will Crow. Both of these guys have a sub-3-2 ERA. Yuri De Los Santos has actually been able to do a halfway decent job. And I do think that Beattie is going to be able to find it. Prior to that start they wanted giving against the Milwaukee Brewers overall this season, he's been able to do a very solid job with excluding that start, a sub-3-50 ERA on the road overall. Most of this coming in relief as he's only thrown 20 and two-thirds innings, but on the road, 305 ERA. He's been able to do a good job keeping the ball in the yard, giving up a home run every 13 or so innings. Now, walks are a little bit of an issue. He's given up right around four walks per nine innings, but I do think that Beattie going to be able to shape up a little bit. Zach Allen has looked very good here recently for the Arizona Diamondbacks as well, giving up a grand total of six earned runs over the course of his last four starts. Some of this game against lesser competition. They did have the Nationals in there, the San Francisco Giants twice, so a little bit of an up and down there, but he has been able to provide a 323 home area, giving up 0.8 home runs 
per nine innings. And opponents are just a buck ninety-two off of him when he is at home. Walks rate is starting to get up there a little bit more with Zach Gallen. It's went north of two and a half, but still, I do expect a relatively solid start here from Zach Gallen. Neither of these teams doing a great job of being able to hit for average. So at anything above a plus one ninety, I'm going to be willing to take a shot here on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Set my total at seven point nine, so on the eight, looking at the under as well. Nine fifty-seven, nine fifty-eight on the bank for the San Diego Padres. They play OC San Francisco Giants. As Alex Wood is going to be going for the Giants, and Blake Snell is on the bump for the Padres. Padres. And between minus 165 and things as low as a minus 161 number on them being a favorite. Meanwhile, if you take a look at the Giants, you're going to be getting them anywhere between plus 140 and plus 155. It is your total. Unders between minus 110 and minus 115. The overs anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. And when it comes to this spot, I wind up saying the Giants, where I need at least a plus 162 to be able to take a shot. If you're looking at the spot race run line, finding it at a plus 125. I needed at least a plus 130 to be able to take a shot here. So it's going to be a case of which I'm either going to wind up taking a run line if it winds up getting to a plus 128 or higher or going to be willing to lay a little bit more of a chalky money line here with the Padres because I do think that this is going to be a lower scoring game. And the big thing for the Padres is that Blake Snell, ever since he's gotten to San Diego, he has been significantly better when he has been at home versus on the road this season. His ERA is a 369 at home compared to a 482 on the road in really the last two seasons if you combine them. It's more like a two-point differential between home and road ERA. But for Blake Snell, over the last three days, he has all of a sudden been able to find it. Last five starts, 270 ERA. Team is 4-1 and one in these starts. He's allowed two home runs in 26 and two-thirds innings, and he's generating 11 strikeouts per nine innings with opponents saying at 200. It feels like Blake Snell was a little bit broken towards the beginning part of the season. Team wound up going 1-8 and eight in his first nine starts, and ever since then, he's been able to regain his form. Meanwhile, for Alex Wood, just been a really bad season for him. And for Alex Wood, what I will say is that he has been unlucky this season. You take a look at the raw numbers, and they are far from great, as he has been posting up a 7-9 record. He's given the team a 442 ERA, and his ERA does wind up going up by a little bit over a point when he is on the road rather than at home. But, I mean, Alex Wood does not deserve a 442 ERA or the 7-9 record. He's backed up by a relatively bad bullpen, but... Also along those lines, 351 fielding independent compared to a 442 ERAs. He's allowed one home run per nine innings, right around nine punch shots per nine innings. He has been very unlucky on balls that have been put in play. So that is something to factor in when it comes to Alex Wood. But you do take a look at this bullpen, and it has not been too great. Junior Marte of the Marte Parte. He is posting up well north of a four ERA now. Camilo Udoval, Jarlin Garcia, John Brabia, these are guys. They're giving you a 3-5 ERA or better, but Dominique Leon. He has seen things go down the toilet bowl for him. And this is largely a bullpen that was very good last season. A lot of the same pieces that were so solid last year posting up the lone ERA that was sub three in the league. Yeah, went straight down the toilet bowl this season. I think a lot of it is due to the fact that Buster Posey no longer in the fold like Tyler Rogers. He's now give the team a 450 ERA as well. So that's a little bit of an issue. And for the San Francisco Giants, this is a bunch that they rank in the top eight in terms of runs per game. And I really don't know how or why. You do have Jack Peterson along with Wilmer Flores. A combined 33 home runs out of these two gentlemen, both hitting between about a 245 to 250. I do recognize that this team does a good job with regards to their splits. You've got Luis Gonzalez, Austin Slater moving line in between about a 270 to 275, but it's been very befuddling how they've been able to generate runs, especially being able to get home runs as well. As you've got right now a whole bunch of guys in between, I would say that 9 to 11 home run range. Mikey Stromsky, Thario Estrada, Joey Bart, and Evan Longoria 
on that full, but for Joey Vardy, he's hitting right around a 215 for this team. Lamonte Wade Jr. is hitting below the middle line of a 200, so you got a lot of dead bats out there. And meanwhile, for the San Diego Padres, it is a team that's a little bit more alive with their bats now. Teams coming off of Sunday Night Baseball have not necessarily fared the world's greatest, which is why I did wind up saying the money line relatively high, and if you do wind up seeing the San Francisco Giants get up to about a plus 160 or so, I'm, I'm going to be ta- willing to take a shot here. This is one of these things in which I'm just sort of waiting overnight to see what winds up shaking out here. So I am not completely set on the San Diego Padres if I don't get the line that I don't wind up liking. But with that said, with the Padres, this is also a team that now they've got Josh Bell in the fold. He's hitting nearly a 300 Manny Machado. He said this kid's a little bit since the beginning of the month of July, hitting about a 225 ever since then. But Juan Soto along with Brandon Jury, both giving you 20-plus home runs. Soto does a good job north of a 400 on base. And the guy starts about in the fold. Austin, Supernola, Hassam, Kim. You're about throwing their jerks and profile. They're in between about a 245 to 255. And for Kim, under the radar, he has been able to give the team about a 345 on base over the last 30 days as well. Bullpen has been relatively soft for the San Diego Padres. Now you've got Josh Hader, who is going to be a lockdown guy if he can get back to the form that he had prior to July of the season. Robert Suarez right around a 3-ish ERA. Luis Garcia has had his ups and his downs right around a 3-2 ERA overall for the season for him, but he has been able to show his worth a little bit more recently, about a 2-5 ERA over the last 35 days. So he's been able to do a solid job there at about Kurtzman. It's able to give you a multiple inning. So this is a spot in which I'm willing to lay up to a minus 162 on the money line of the Padres. If I wind up getting a plus 162 or greater on the Giants, I'm going to be looking there. So this is one in which I'm going to be having this determined by what we wind up seeing overnight in terms of line movement. I did wind up saying my total at 7.7 with Wood getting a little bit unlucky and Blake Snell looking much better as well. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under with regards to the side. This is going to be based on overnight line movement. 959-960 on the banging board. The Baltimore Orioles are going to be playing us to the Toronto Blue Jays. You say Kikiji is going to be on the bump for the Jays and Jordan Lyon. Miles is going to be on the bump for Baltimore. Baltimore, a pretty sizable underdog, anywhere between plus 125 and plus 135. Meanwhile, if you take a look at the Jays, you're going to be getting them between minus 135 and minus 148 with your total 9 to 9.5 on the 9.5. Unders minus 120, the overs even on the 9. Overs between minus 120 and minus 125. The unders anywhere between plus 105 and even money. I needed at least a plus 132 to take a shot on Jordan Lyles and company, and we have gotten there. I do not want any part of Yusei Kikuchi. This guy is just probably one of the least trustworthy starters on a team that is legitimately contending for a playoff spot that you're going to find. 486 ERA overall. His walks per nine rate is north of five. He's given up over 1.7 home runs per nine innings. Now, he does wind up getting right around 10.3 a strikeouts per nine innings, but Kikuchi on the road, 574 ERA. And this despite the fact that his home run rate actually goes down on the road, but on the road, he's giving out over seven walks per nine innings. You can't rely upon him being able to give you too much length, and this is a Blue Jays team that they did wind up having to play 10 innings yesterday, so that means that the bullpen's a little bit more depleted. Now, to Kevin Gosman's credit, he was able to help out with that a little bit, but Jordan Romano had to throw two innings. He's out of the full day. Anthony Bass, he threw 15-plus pitches as well, so I'm going to be looking to guys that have been relatively soft. For the Blue Jays, to their credit, bullpen over the last 40 days, top 10 in the big leagues, as you've been able to have David Phillips, Yumi Garcia, Adam Simber all provide a sub-3-3 ERA, so that's been good for the team, but for the Baltimore Orioles, they certainly do have the leg up in terms of the bullpen, even with Ore Lopez. Now the fold, you've still got so many guys like Felix Bautista, Keegan Aiken. 
Dylan Tate, Joey Kreeble, all guys that have been able to give you a 2-5 ERA or greater this season throwing their CNL Perez as well. And for the Orioles, you don't have that one main manager for this team. If you're looking for one, it's probably Anthony Santander. He's been able to give you 19 home runs this season, but with Santander, he, Raimon Castle, you're able to throw in their Adderley Rushman, Cedric Mullins, Austin the Sayers kid. All these guys are in between about a 252 to a 260. All of a sudden, because of the trade deadline, Taron Varva is seeing more at bats and He's been able to 350 for this team in limited at-bats. He wound up having a 3-8 game in that series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. I like what I'm seeing there. Orde Mateo has not had a lot of consistency at the plate this season, but his 26 home bases, that's towards the top of the American League. And you take a look at Mr. Mateo. He's been able to about a 292 over the last three days with his wheels. That's a very good find for this team. Now, obviously, the Toronto Blue Jays, they've got guys who are able to crush the ball like Flagler Jr., Hang a 290, 23 home runs. Lourdes Coriel, he's been able to hit above a 300. The issue here with the Blue Jays certainly is not with the bats. He's got Boba Shad, who's been a little bit banged up, but he's been able to refine his form as he, Santiago Espinal, both hanging between about a 260 to 265. Bichette has been able to go deep 15 times to George Springer, landing on the injured list. That's not so great, and we have seen a little bit of regression recently from Alejandro Kirk. Still hitting a 300 for the season. Still a great hitting catcher, but he has been hitting more around about a 255 over the last three days. So this is a spot where I do think that George Lyles going to be able to keep the ball in the yard. His home and road splits very significant as he has a 440 ERA overall, but that's a 268 ERA at home, a 570 ERA on the road, and out of his 16 home runs surrendered, just one at home, and he's went 53 and two-thirds innings at home thus far this season. So I'm going to take a shot here on the Orioles, getting plus money, semi-total at 9.3. The only 9.5 I'm seeing currently at DraftKings, I really don't want the minus 125 juice. I'll probably wind up seeing if this winds up getting up to a 9.5 and looking at an under of 9.5 to be able to reduce that minus 125 juice. So most likely going to be taking an under of 9.5 if it presents itself. If all we wind up getting is 9s and we're able to reduce the juice a little bit more, going to be taking a look at it over there. But I anticipate this being a play on a 9.5 under and a plus price on the Baltimore Orioles. 961-962 on the betting board. This is a DK Nation pick. The LA Angels, they're on the road facing off against the Oakland A's as Cole Irvin is going to be going for the A's and Jose Suarez is on the bump for the Angels. Angels are finding themselves between plus 105 and plus 110 underdogs and between minus 115 and minus 120, your number on Oakland with the total 7. The overs between minus 115 and minus 120 and seeing a minus 125 out there as well. Understanding between minus 105 and plus 105. DKNH pick is on the Oakland A's money line. Set it at a minus 144. This LA Angels team has been absolutely terrible since the end of the month of May. As a matter of fact, you're able to date this back to May 30th. Ever since then, the LA Angels are averaging 3.1 runs per game. That is the worst mark out there in the big leagues. Since starting 27 and 17, the team is 19 and 46 with nine of those wins coming on Shoyo Tani starts. I mean, this thing has went straight down the tubes for this team. Jose Suarez, much better bullpen pitcher rather than a starter. As coming out of the bullpen for Mr. Suarez, right around a 375 ERA with 3.2 walks per nine innings as a starter throughout his career. 586 ERA, 3.9 walks, 1.7 home runs surrendered per nine innings. That is not great. Cole Irvin, meanwhile, he has been masterful at home. Buck 73 ERA, intense starts across 62 and a third innings. He has allowed one home run, and he's backed up by a relatively solid bullpen as well. Zach Jackson, Domingo Acevedo, AJ Puck, Sam Mall, all these guys have been able to deliver a sub 3 3 ERA. And then Ryan DeBaron, Aaron Loop for the LA Angels. Both of these guys 
have north of three five ERA. So Jose Quijada is someone that all of a sudden you're having to look to for innings and for the Angels without Mike Trout, you really don't have a lot of boom with this team. You do have Taylor Ward and Jared Walsh behind Shoya Otani being able to give you a few home runs. And so Otani, 24 home runs, 250 batting average. He's been a constant for the team. But you take a look at Walsh and Ward, and over the last three days, these guys have not been able to find it. Jared Walsh hitting a buck 71 over the last three days. And Taylor Ward, he's been a hot mess since coming off the injury list. He's hitting a 202 in that time span. Now, the good news is Luis Ranifo, he's been able to hit 270, really over a 300 in the last 35 days. But you're relying upon Joe Adele right now. He's hitting a 240 overall for the season. Then got a lot of guys that are long in the tooth, and they're not necessarily offering a lot of production. Max Sassy, Mangolia Sierra. You're able to throw in there someone like a Jack Mayfield, Kurt Suzuki. When he was out there, David McKinnon, I believe that he's now on the Oakland A's, but they've been mixing and matching so many of these different lineups, and they have not been working. I mean, I think that they wound up throwing out their Monte Harrison for a couple starts, and I still remember when he was with the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers and hit below the Mendoza line of 200. Oh, is that single-A baseball? So that's not great. Now with the Oakland A's, it's not one of these cases in which they're doing a great job of ripping the cover off the ball, but 9-7 and seven in their 16 games ever since the All-Star break, averaging a little bit over 3.9 runs per game. You're able to get behind that a little bit more. Seth Brown has been able to deliver 17 home runs. He's hitting about a 240 overall for the season, but you take a look at what Seth Brown has been able to do Really, over the last three days, he's got six home runs in his last 70 at-bats, hitting a 300, so things are turning around there. Sean Murphy, he's hitting above a 250. He's been able to deliver 13 home runs. Elvis Andrews, after a very bad start to the season for him, he's been able to move the line. He's been hitting right around a 285 over the last three days, so you've got positives here with the Oakland A's. You really don't have anything good whatsoever happening for the LA Angels. Cole Irvin has been dominated at home, and I'm going to ride him once again in Oakland. Team is 4-2 in his last six starts. I think they make it 5-2 in his last seven. One lay up to a minus 145 with the A's. DK Nation pick is on the money line of the Oakland A's with the way that the Angels have not been able to score. Set my total at 6.8 as well. So looking under and we wrap things up with 963 and 964 on the bank board. The Seattle Mariners, they play us in New York Yankees. Jameson Tyon is going to be going for the Yanks and you got Logan Gilbert down the bump for Seattle. Total on this game is between 7.5 and 8. On the 8, the under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. On the 7.5, over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. The Mariners are anywhere between even money and plus 108. Between minus 115 and minus 120, your price on the Yankees, I was willing to go up to a minus 116 with Seattle. So the minus 115s that we're seeing, that is the max I'm willing to lay. And the Yankees, they open up right around a minus 125, so we've seen a little bit of a dip here. But at the minus 115, absolute max I'm willing to lay, but I am willing to lay it here. With the New York Yankees, Jamison Tyon has been one of the most profitable pitchers out there in the big leagues now. Things have wound up going a little bit sour on him in slide start against the Seattle Mariners. That did not wind up going so terrifically, and the team is 3-3 three and three in his last six starts after this is a bunch that they wound up getting on just a Herculean run. They were at one point, I believe it was 13-1 in a 14-start span for him, and Jamison Tyon hasn't necessarily been overly dominant. The one thing that he's done is he's been able to keep the walks down. He's only given up right around 1.7 walks per nine innings on the road. 4.47 area compared to a 3.61 at home, and the deep ball has been very much hurting him. Giving up right around 1.4 home runs per nine innings. Last time he wanted to take the mound against the Seattle Mariners, it was a not-so-great start for him. Giving up six runs, five of which were earned, and four and two-thirds innings. And speaking of not-such-great starts, Logan Gilbert, despite the fact that the team got it done in his last start against the Yankees, he gave up six runs and five in the third innings, giving up three bombs 
in that start as well. Now, this is going to be Seattle rather than Yankee Stadium. That should help keep the ball in the yard as Gilbert for the season, giving up six home runs of 53 and two-thirds innings at home. That's about one home run per nine innings. Overall, as a 319 home ERA compared to actually a 301 road ERA. So it's been a little bit better when he has been away from Seattle, but he's only given up right around 2.6, 2.7 walks per nine innings. He gets right around eight and a half punch outs per nine innings. And the Seattle Mariners bullpen has been electric over the last 45 days, posting up the best ERA mark in the big leagues in that time span. We've seen Matt Brash after he was a little bit of a failure of a starter when resurfacing. He hasn't solved for the team. Now, Diego Castillo is currently on the injured list, but Andres Munoz, over the last 45 days, he's been able to post up a sub-2 ERA. Penn Murphy has been good all season long Long with Paul Sewell. Both of these guys have a sub-250 ERA and for the New York Yankees. Well, they wound up having to use up some bullpen pieces yesterday as Wandy Peralta. Got to figure that he's not going to be able to come back for this game. He wound up having to throw multiple innings. Alberto Abreu, Jonathan Belizega, along Scott Efres. Also wound up having to throw 20-plus pitches. Clay Holmes, we have seen regression with him, but I think that he's going to be able to stabilize. He still has a sub-250 ERA. has been very solid for the team. I always like what you're able to get out of Lucas Lutke as well. Someone that's able to give you multiple innings overall for the season as a 282 ERA, but and you take out what he wound up doing towards the first 45 days of the season, and he's got like a sub-2 ERA. He's actually been that good down the stretch for the team, so I do think that the Yankees still have some good things going there, and then obviously, you've got the home run ball when it comes to the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge, he's getting a home run every 10 at-bats when he's on the road. He's got 43 overall this season. Anthony Rizzo has went deep 27 times out. Rizzo only in about a 230. He's been a little bit banged up as well. He did wind up missing the series against the St. Louis Cardinals. Could wind up coming back for this series, but you do have DJ turning up on Mayu. He's been with about a 285 for the team. Entire catcher spot for this Yankees team. Whenever Kyle Higashioka is not out there, it's been relatively solid. Labor Torres, he's hitting at 255. He's got 16 bobs. And then for the Seattle Mariners, they've been dealing with an injury to Julio Rodriguez. That no doubt winds burning them. But they got back Mitch Haniger in their last series. That is, I think, very important for the Seattle Mariners bunch because when he was fully healthy, 30 home runs last season for this bunch. You've had Adam Frazier all of a sudden be able to refine his old form, hitting a 333 over the last 30 days after first part of the season. It was not necessarily so great. Now, you still have some dead bats in this lineup as you've got Cal Raleigh, Abraham Toro, Lewis Torrens. How about if we throw in there Dylan Moore and Carlos Santana as well? All these guys hitting a 211 or lower, but and Eugenio Suarez, he's won deep 18 times. He's got right around 331 on base. It's been a season to forgive for Jesse Winker, but and despite that, he's got right around a 350 on base. So I do think that the Mariners going to be able to hang tough in this one. The Yankees, they're riding a five-game losing streak. I do think that they're going to be able to sack the skid, and I do think that they're going to be able to get runs up on a guy in Logan Gilbert that they just want to being able to do so a few days ago at Yankee Stadium. Did wind up saying my total at 7.9, looking at the 7.5 over, and won't lay up to a minus 115 on the road with the Yankees, and that'll wrap things up for the Monday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. A big thanks to our good friend Jeff Parles of VEASAN for joining me in the last segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you've got one or two ways we will fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters EM, Amy does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. I'll be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'll be coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.